From MPB Think Radio, this is Creature Comforts. It's the show all about your animals and the animals around you. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. And Libby Hardfield, retired director of the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science. The Mississippi Wildlife Federation has been serving Mississippi's lands and wildlife for more than 60 years, and it's the largest network of conservationists in the state. Today, the executive director, Brad Young, is our guest. He'll share information about the current work of the Mississippi Wildlife Federation and their upcoming wildlife extravaganza. That's an event that brings together some of the country's top wildlife and outdoor enthusiasts. Also, Dr. Major is here, ready to take some pet questions. Join our conversation this morning by giving us a call. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. Send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. This is Creature Comforts from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson, and Libby Hartfield, retired director of the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science. The Mississippi Wildlife Federation has been serving Mississippi's lands and wildlife for more than 60 years. It's the largest network of conservationists in the state. Today we'll talk with the executive director, Brad Young, about the current works of the Wildlife Federation and their upcoming Wildlife Extravaganza, an event that brings together some of the country's top wildlife and outdoor enthusiasts. And Dr. Major's here ready to take some pet questions. So join our conversation this morning with your phone call. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's one 877 672-7464 or email the show animals at mpbonline.org Always a reminder, if you miss Creature Comforts on Thursday, it repeats Saturday mornings at 6. So good morning. Hope everyone is doing well this morning. Good morning. Good morning. <clears throat> Libby, um, any events uh, that you want to tell us about uh, coming up at the museum? Let's see. The Solar Eclipse Party. Uh-huh. And if people haven't caught on yet that we're going to have a solar eclipse... August the 21st. It's going to be a pretty cool thing. And um, it's not a total, total blackout here in Mississippi. The Northeast, I think Oregon and Washington are going to have that the 100% eclipse. But we're having a pretty good one. It's going to get dark. This is kind of the deal from the old Indian movies, remember, where it's the big magic or something. When the... Anyway, uh, it's so it'll get pretty dark about 1.30 on that Monday. And the museum's going to have a party, and it's kind of an educational party, you know. Mm-hmm. It's the museum, they always want you to learn something. Right. So they're going to have astronomers talking about what's going on, and they're going to show you how to safely look at it because you can hurt your eyes, so you need to, need to do it the right way. Way and they will show you how to safely get a good picture on your phone if you want to do that. Very good. So I think it would be worth doing, and they'll start doing that at 10 o'clock. So from 10 o'clock to 1.30 on Monday, August the 21st, if you want to run over there and learn how to have a good, safe solar experience, solar eclipse experience. Hmm. Uh, so, Dr. Major, any thoughts on how our pets will uh, handle the eclipse? What well, do you think that might spook them, the fact that in the middle of the day, all of a sudden, it's going to get dark, dark-ish? That's a good question. <laughs> it is a good question. I, and I think, uh, you know, from past eclipses and everything, the birds kind of quieten down, mm-hmm. and uh, the chickens go to roost. 
<laughs> prematurely, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think there'll be a whole lot. How, Libby, how long does the actual eclipse last? You know, I should have looked into that, but from what I can remember, years ago I saw one that was a total in it takes about an hour to do the whole thing. You right, know, it, so. it starts getting dark. It's like a speeded up night. It gets dark yeah. and it stays dark just a little while and then starts. Well, I, I agree. And so. I think there is some confusion, especially with the birds. And uh, it kind of gets quiet. And uh, the dogs may get restless. But I don't know. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. We can observe that and report back. All right. Yeah, that's a good idea. We all ought to mm-hmm. watch our pets. This uh, quick uh, Google search here on Monday, uh, the, all of North America will be treated to an eclipse of the sun. Anyone within the path of the totality uh, can see one of nature's most awe-inspiring sights. Yada, yada, yada. Who can see it? Let me see here if it says how long it's going to go for. Little, what is it? Where can you see it? When can you see it? Let's see. Clayton, Georgia, 106 p.m. Totality begins at 2.35 and ends at 2.38, and it's over by 4.01. So it's about three hours, apparently. And again, I guess that would also um, vary depending on where you are. Yeah, because that'll get the very edge of it. Well, then that's, yeah. There, um, because I think think they told me the height of it will be like at 1.30 here. All right. And a, and a reminder, as, as uh, Libby mentioned, if you do want to see it, uh, obviously you remember from, uh, I certainly remember this from uh, childhood, is that mm-hmm. don't look directly at the sun and it'll in, injure your eyesight. So uh, get some uh, glasses. I know uh, one of our coworkers here picked one up at a local library. You can go to the party at the museum, that sort of thing. But uh, enjoy it safely. That's what we want to be. Make sure yeah. that no one. Yeah, you can get online and learn what you need to do. Our phone number today, if you'd like to join our conversation, is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can also send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. As I mentioned uh, at the start of the show, our, uh, our guest today is Executive Director of the Mississippi Wildlife Federation, Brad Young. Brad, thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. So if someone is not familiar with the work of the Wildlife Federation, uh, what's what's the mission? Yeah, our mission is to uh, conserve Mississippi's natural resources and protect our wildlife legacy. And, of course, that's a very short statement and a very broad, broad statement, but it's pretty fitting because we're a very broad-based organization. Uh, you know, we represent outdoor interests throughout Mississippi, whether that be hunting, angling, Photography, kayaking, you name it. Uh, anything that gets people outside, that's our mission is to get keep them involved with what's going on in their natural world. Uh, we run a myriad of programs uh, from outdoor education and ad- advocacy uh, through our Camo Coalition program. We have a hunter's harvest program wherein hunters donate harvested deer that helps feed needy families in Mississippi. Uh, and one of the big things that we do is uh, youth outreach and education. Uh, we have a lot of youth activities ranging from fishing rodeos to small game hunts to uh, kayak racing, uh, youth outdoor photography, all sorts of things designed to get youth involved in the outdoors here in Mississippi, anything to get them off the couch and outside. And I guess you know we'll, we'll talk a little bit more later about some of the uh, the kids' events, but I guess the other thing, too, is when, when you catch them young and you sort of 
let them know, you know, the, the proper respect for the environment and that sort of thing, uh, that they become more responsible adults, I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's the thing is that, you know, we just try to make that introduction. You know, we're not, we obviously in this, this time we don't have, we can't follow every kid around to make sure that they become, you know, outdoor enthusiasts or environmentally aware. But just to make that introduction that so many kids, you know, especially in today's age growing up in urban environments with so many electronic uh, distractions, as it were, you know, just to just to show them what else is out there, you know, that there are other things beyond your front door that you can be involved in and have a good time at and, you know, sparks kind of a, a lifelong interest in things. Um, so how did you get involved with the Federation? Well, as a matter of fact, Ms. Hartfield over here to my left gave me my first job <laughs> at the uh, at the Natural Science Museum. You uh, may remember Brad first came on the show as the bear biologist. Yes, that's I right. That's that. right. Yeah. I, was, uh, I was the bear biologist for Mississippi. I started at the Natural Science Museum with, with uh, Libby and then moved to the main office of the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks here on Eastover Drive. I did that for 11 years, I guess it was. Yeah, 11 years, right out of grad. Right graduate school and then uh you know just uh dr kathy shropshire was the executive director of the wildlife federation previous and she she retired after also having worked at the museum prior to that <laughs> so uh so uh, kathy and i kind of follow any you know i follow behind kathy wherever she goes so i always tell her if she she gets another job she has to clear it with me first because <laughs> i'll be the one behind her but uh yeah so just put in uh you know had, had always worked with the federation on some of their programs and of course helping kathy uh you know in, in whatever she was doing and uh just became executive director in 2013 and so here i am all right uh, so if you have a question about the work that the wildlife federation does or if you have a pet question or maybe just a general wildlife question or observation you can give us a call because the phone lines are open and our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring it's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four we do have a caller on the line so why don't we say good morning to jim who is in past christian good morning jim go ahead hi uh, morning uh it's a little bit after the fact but uh i live on the coast past christian and i want to make some comments about the effects of katrina uh we didn't have a single bird uh for one full year after katrina other than seal uh I think as a result of that, uh, we were totally inundated with crickets. Uh, you walk through the grass or the weeds and just huge clouds of crickets hmm. came out. Uh, I prayed for a mockingbird, but there weren't any around. <laughs> uh, we were also inundated with black widow and brown widow spiders. Uh, my son was a Walmart manager, co-manager. And uh, they had to throw out approximately $50,000 worth of plants in their garden center because it was so infested with black widow spiders. Uh, the person that came to fumigate the garden center uh, told them to put out pots of cans of mud because the dominant predator on black widow spiders was a uh, mud dauber. Make sure they had enough for nests. And uh, I thought those were interesting. And then now, uh, you know, 10 years plus after the fact, uh, it seems like we have an awful lot more red-headed woodpeckers than before. And I'm wondering if maybe that's due to the increased number of dead trees around. Yeah. 
Yeah, I have heard that, that after a storm, Mm -hmm. it's common for woodpeckers to come in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what you're dealing with is, of course, an alteration of your habitat, which leads to everything. Everything goes back to habitat because that leads to food, which leads to populations, so on down the line. So, so yeah, you know, something is as catastrophic as Katrina, yeah, it would have far-reaching impacts like he talked about even today, you know, with all the, the saltwater intrusion that killed the trees that led to decaying wood leads to an increase in woodpeckers. All right, uh, Jim, thanks for the call. Some good observations there. Also, I would say <clears throat> a cloud of crickets. I remember when I first started work, I was uh, working the morning shift, so I would be the only person uh, in the studio, and I would be you know, preparing what I had to do for the day, and there would be a cricket chirping, and it would just drive me crazy because aver- invariably when you stand up to kind of look at them, they know that they're being hunted for, so they stop, and you think, okay, well, they stopped, then I would go sit back down and be chirp, 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 and it would drive me nuts. So the, the thought of a cloud of crickets to me is a little bit frightening. <laughs> So we're visiting today uh, with uh, Brad Young, who is the executive director of the Mississippi Wildlife Federation. Uh, Brad, tell us uh, some of the current projects uh, that the Federation is working on. Yeah, well, you know, what we have coming up this weekend, of course, is our our big wildlife extravaganza. This is our 31st year for the wildlife extravaganza here in Jackson. It'll be at the Trademark starting tomorrow at 2 p.m. and ends on Sunday at 5 p.m. It is the, the largest fundraiser for the Wildlife Federation. Helps to fund our conservation programs like we spoke of earlier, you know, programs to get youth into the outdoors to promote an advocacy for uh for hunting and angling and outdoor awareness uh but it, that it is a if you've never been to the to the wildlife extravaganza i would uh, certainly recommend everybody come check it out it is a a collection of humanity like mississippi rarely sees that's, <laughs> that's a good way to put it there are people come from all over the state in fact from all over neighboring states uh, louisiana arkansas alabama we have people every year travel from everywhere just to come see what kind of the latest and greatest and outdoors uh hunting angling gear here seminars from uh outdoor personalities and and experts in the field uh there's fantastic kids events you know it's a very family oriented oriented show we've got all kinds of good stuff for the kids especially tomorrow friday is kids day where kids 12 and under get in free we've got giveaways all day everything from t-shirts to uh to duck calls to fishing rides to just all kinds of great stuff for the kids to see and there are lots of uh family friendly uh programs you know jason reynolds and his high flying retrievers out there the dog show that he does that's a a huge hit with everybody uh lots of great stuff we encourage everybody to go to the website at mswildlife.org that's mswildlife.org and uh have a have a look at the lineup of events we've got going on at the show this weekend uh, there's there's definitely something for everybody there all right, we'll mention it several times before we end the show, but uh, so you mentioned Friday is Kids Day, and then is it Saturday and Sunday as that's well? Right. That's right, that's right. Friday is Kids Day where kids 12 and under get in free, and then on Saturday and Sunday, uh, adult admission is $10. Kids 13 and over are considered adults, but kids ages 5 to 12 are $5 to get in. And uh, like I said, you know, it's going to be hot this weekend. You know, it's August in Mississippi, and you know, the weather is kind of threatening, so it's a it's a great it's a great way to bring the family out, get everybody involved. We've got a nice, cool, air-conditioned building inside the Trademark to enjoy. 
So uh, it's going to be going to be a great show. And there's food available. Yeah, she so has lots of good food. Yeah, lots you, of good can, food. you can feed the kids while they're there. Mm-hmm. I just got a note from the Science Museum, and they said the Valesa Raptor is going to be there tomorrow oh. night. So he'll make his visit tomorrow night, and then again sometime on Saturday between 10 and 3. So, so we see be... a kid screaming and running out the door, we know what <laughs> yeah. happened. It, yeah. was, the, it yeah. was the raptor. I think, you know, they've started letting this Valesa Raptor wear a funny hat, so he's not quite so <laughs> Scary. That's actually pretty smart. It, it kind of works. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. That's a, that is a good idea. Uh, we've got a caller on, so why don't we uh, say good morning to Rick in Grand Bay. Good morning, Rick. Go ahead, hey, please. Good morning. Yeah. Hey, for those who want to keep their head to the eyes of the sky, it's a really good website called spaceweather.com. Oh, thanks, Rick. Yeah. And there's probably going to be a link on there uh, when it gets closer to the, uh, to, the, uh, to the eclipse. But we also got the peonides shower coming up okay and that's happening uh and uh well it started on july 31st but it's going pretty strong and uh there's even a link on there that you can go to the nasa cameras that point up there and you watch them watch them by camera but uh there's a there's a whole bunch of stuff on here and it also gives you some some uh some good information on how to look at the sun and everything else but I just thought it relayed that red, and probably NASA is probably going to have a a a link on their NASA.gov site mm-hmm. with a camera to watch where it's going to be the most darkest. You know, mm-hmm. they'll have a camera there, and yeah. you can actually see the whole thing. And now, so you're saying spaceweather.com? Yeah, spaceweather.com. One okay. word. All right. Rick, thanks for the call and the tip on that. So if someone's interested uh, in um, the solar eclipse, that's another resource that they can use. You're listening to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. We're visiting today with the executive director of the Mississippi Wildlife Federation, Brad Young. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll continue our discussion with Brad, looking for your phone calls as well. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Back with more after this. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Kevin, here, uh, Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. And Libby Hartfield is the retired director of the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science. Today we're visiting with Brad Young, who is the executive director of the Mississippi Wildlife Federation. We're learning more about the uh, mission of the Federation and their big event coming up this weekend, the Mississippi Wild, uh, the Mississippi Wildlife Extravaganza. It's at the Trademark in Jackson. Is that right, Brad? That's right. And it'll be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So if you want uh, more details about what's going on there or if you have a question about the work that the Federation does or if you have a pet question or a wildlife observation, lots of reasons to call in this morning, and we've got some open phone lines, one eight. Seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 
So, Brad, is the Wildlife Federation a membership organization? If so, how can people get involved? It is. It is. It's a membership organization. Uh, we, of course, collect paid memberships, which are which start at twenty five dollars. You know, which isn't a big investment, but it's more about kind of bringing liked interests together. You know, I always say that, you know, I'm the executive director and I'm lucky enough to get paid for what I do. And we have a, a very small staff of myself and three other people in the office. But, you know, just like as an example, this weekend for this wildlife extravaganza show, by the end of the show on Sunday, we will have used 250 volunteers mm-hmm. to help make the show happen. I mean, so it really is a testament to just getting people involved. So, of course, you know, we would love the contribution of the of the membership dues, but even more than that, I mean, we have, you know, just friends of the organization. We have our Camo Coalition, which is a free online sign-up that helps you keep track of uh, legislation and regulations that affect you as as an outdoor enthusiast. And that's a, that's a free service. You know, like I say, we just want people to be involved, and we try to serve as that umbrella for outdoor interest in Mississippi to really kind of bring everybody together as one voice. You know, it's easy, you know, and Libby can certainly attest to this, that it's easy when you deal with these huge environmental and outdoor issues or wildlife issues in Mississippi because there's such a huge scale. You know, you're talking about sometimes statewide issues. So for people to to speak out, it's easy to feel like, you know, your one voice in the wilderness, so to speak, doesn't really amount to much. But the collection of all of us together can really make a difference and really move things forward and really, you know, keep things on the right track with conservation in Mississippi. But, you know, and we've talked about conservation efforts and habitat protection and those sorts of things uh, uh, quite frequently on the show. And one thing that always impresses me is that that, uh, there does seem to be a willingness uh, to work together, as you say, hunters and then just different people working together, as you say, for the ultimate goal of, you know, preserving this great environment that we have here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's the thing is that we're not... Like I said, we're a very broad-based organization, so it's not just one niche. It's not just hunters or anglers, and it's not it's not one person's idea of what conservation should be. You know, we are made up of a board of directors of, you know, twenty some odd board members that uh, that. You know, I'm the guy who kind of paddles the canoe, but they tell me which direction to go. So it's not just Brad Young's idea of what we need to be doing. You know, it's a we bring a lot of interest to the table, and I think that's really what our strength is, is that we come at it with a very broad, you know, a broad perspective on different types of conservation. It's a very democratic organization. I've it always is. liked yeah. that about it. Yeah, yeah right, right. There are lots they of opinions. They vote and argue <laughs> and they do. discuss. <laughs> they certainly do. Well, now, this is a crazy tangent that I've used before on another show, but, you know, I I like the escape room. It's the where you get locked in a room with a group of people and you have to solve puzzles to get out. But I found out that I did it once with just my brother, and we think alike. And so we did fairly well, but we only got about halfway through it. The times I've done it with complete strangers, uh, we've been, we've done better because you might look at a problem in one way, I look at it another way, but then when we work together, we can solve the problem because everybody's not in lockstep with the same thought. And, Brad, it seems to me that that's the same sort of thing as you've got all these various uh, entities coming together, and each one has a unique way to look at it, so that really helps come up with ways to solve problems. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. You know, a part of our structure as an organization is that we are an affiliate-based organization, which means that we bring 
other conservation organizations to the table, and they're represented on our board of directors and represented as our membership. So literally you have polar opposite sides of the spectrum on things. So you might have, you know, the Mississippi Ornithological Society on one side, which is, of course, you know, bird watchers and bird conservationists throughout the state. Then you have the National Wild Turkey Federation on the other side, which is, of course, a hunting-based organization. And there are numerous examples of organizations that sit on either side. But the point, like you said, is to bring them to the table to move things forward. You know, it's easy to sit there and argue and butt heads and nothing gets done. But if you can bring everyone to the table, talk it out, what's in the best interest, what are we trying to do for the resource, oh, great. Now let's go forward with what we're doing. Very good. Got some calls to get to. We'll start again in McGee. Bob's called in. Good morning, Bob. Go ahead. Yes, I got a question for Dr. Major, please. Okay, go ahead. I wanted his opinion on potassium citrate as a treatment for crystals and a little chihuahua. Okay. I wondered his pros and cons about that. It was suggested to use that by our vet, which I think he had consulted with a, a Hills veterinarian and um, just was curious about his opinion on using that to clear crystals and prevent stones. I guess the question, first question I'd have to ask you was what kind of crystals were there or what kind of stones were there? Well, she's never had stones. But I'm not sure on the crystals because we've only had her checked once, but she still passes them. Because yes. We can see them because she uses right. a pet pad. What, what type of food is she on? Well, she's on, um, right now she's on one by Blue. Okay. It's a healthy weight diet that they have, and we were just fixing to consider switching her to a grain-free, so I wouldn't mind your opinion on that as well. Right. Okay, first of all, uh, probably... Sir, let me add one thing. Yes. She was on a science diet UD. Right. And the vet put her on that. First we tried WD, then we went to UD. She was on it for a little over a year. Seemed to clear the crystal problem up. But when she went in to have a dental procedure done, a teeth cleaning, uh, he didn't like the way the serum looked when he pulled the blood, and they were concerned about the UD being, you know, fed to her for so long. Right. They suggested pulling her off of that, maybe putting her on WD, and then trying this potassium cystrate. What I've read about potassium cystrate sounds good, but I just wondered what the cons were to it. Right. Probably, uh, probably we're dealing with struvite crystals, uh, which, uh, you know, certainly dietary uh, things can help there. I understand why she was on the UD then, and that did help clear her up. Now, is she overweight? No, she's not. Okay, that's good. I, I didn't know because of the WD, because it usually is uh, given uh, from the standpoint of being overweight. But I would say that certainly the potassium uh, citrate probably would be good. You would need to really kind of monitor the pH of the urine. Uh, ideally, a pH of somewhere around 7, give or take, uh, would probably be good. You don't want a real high uh, pH like an 8 or a 9. So uh, I would say that, yes, that would probably work work well. As far as a grain-free I would say that in in most dogs that it is a good diet. On the other hand, there are a lot of dogs that eat uh, food with grains in it that do quite well. So it depends on the particular dog. A lot of allergies may be able to be cleared up by going to a grain-free. So it sounds like you're on the right track with this little dog. Uh, I'm not sure what the total blood work 
picture looked like. You said the serum. They said that was not quite right uh, based on the UD. But uh, I would continue doing what you're doing and use the uh, the citrate, tacit citrate. Okay. And is that a long-term thing generally? In most of the dogs, it is. Uh, and when I say that, uh, some dogs have a propensity to produce crystals and stones, and it may be uh, somewhat genetic. Not every dog does this. So it may be a, more of a genetic uh, type thing, and it may require... Uh, either a food and or using a supplement to help prevent that. Good luck to you. I sure hope she does well. All right, Bob, thanks for your call. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. We're visiting today with Brad Young, who's the executive director of the Mississippi Wildlife Federation. So if you have any questions about uh, the work that the Federation does or maybe the upcoming uh, Mississippi Wildlife Extravaganza, if you have a pet question for Dr. Major, or if you'd like to tell us about a recent wildlife uh, brush with wildlife or a wildlife question, give us a call. The number, one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four. Next, we got Linda from Port Gibson on the line. Good morning, Linda. Good morning. Go ahead. Okay. I walked in on the end of your early conversation um, about viewing the, the uh, viewing the total <coughs> eclipse. Right. Okay. Will you be able to see it in Mississippi? Oh yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, I pulled up uh, <clears throat> weather.gov, which is the National Weather Service uh, website. Uh, they have a page on the eclipse, and actually it's got a chart uh, with many, many cities in Mississippi that will tell you when the partial eclipse will start, uh, what time the maximum eclipse is, when it ends, and then how much uh, of, of obstruction. For example, in Brandon, it would start at 11.55 a.m. The maximum expo- eclipse is at 1.26. It ends at 2.54, and it's 83.5% uh, ob- obscuration. So um, weather.gov, if you find their, their solar eclipse page, you'll be able to find out some information. Linda, in Port Gibson, let me see if it's on here. I think probably it is. It would start at 11.53 and at 2.52. The maximum time is 1.24 and the sun, it's obscured at 80%. So it looked like you in Port Gibson would get a, a good view of it. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, also would love to um, get purchase uh, uh, tickets to go to the different uh, uh, parks. I, I know I had a senior citizen's uh, ticket, but uh, I'm in Port Gibson and I have no way of knowing where to buy that buy that uh, membership where I can go all over the United States and abroad. Oh, okay. For the federal, for the national parks, you need to go to a national park to get it. So you would, it, I think you could go up to Vicksburg to the, to the park there. Also, get, um, if you're able to access the internet, the the, the national park service, yeah, they you would, can get it on the internet. Yeah, yeah, you could have a website, and that would give you probably information mm-hmm. on on where to find it, and also uh, maybe at one that's mm-hmm. nearest. Port Gibson, Vicksburg would probably be the case. Yeah, because you know, Natchez Trace is close to you, but I don't think any of those small offices, I think it's the Tupelo office that you have to get it from, from the Natchez Trace. But again, if you made a phone call to them, you could find out. Call either the military park in Vicksburg or the um, Natchez Trace office, and they'll tell you what to do. They might even send you one from there. All right. All right, Linda, thanks for your call. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Let's uh, stay on the phone lines. We're going to go to Natchez. Scott has called in today. Good morning, Scott. Go ahead, please. Yes, I was uh, 
curious about the boat boat launch fees at state parks. It's my understanding that it's somewhere in the neighborhood of like seven dollars per boat, and that's no matter if it's a kayak or if it's a large boat with a large motor on it. Is that? I think that might be true. You need to give them a phone call and be sure. Yeah, okay. I'm not I sure about the kayak when it's not motorized. I think there is one. The same fee for all motorized boats. Yeah, give them a call and be sure about that. Okay, I didn't know if your wildlife guy there, he was talking about kayaking and stuff. I didn't know if he would know the answer to you that. You remember that? No. I'm afraid not. Neither no. one of us work for the yeah. agency anymore. So, yeah. All right, Scott. All right, well, Thank you. Yeah, yeah, thanks for calling in. Uh, we need to take another break. When we get back, we will continue visiting with Brad Young. He's our guest today, the executive director of the Mississippi Wildlife Federation. You're listening to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Phone lines open, 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. We'll be back with more after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. You're listening to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. And Libby Hartfield is retired director of the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science. Today we're visiting with the executive director of the Mississippi Wildlife Federation, Brad Young. Brad's here to tell us more about the work that the Federation does, but also to promote their big thing that's coming up this weekend at the Trademark in Jackson. It's the Mississippi Wildlife Extravaganza and runs Friday through Sunday. If you need more information, you can go to their website. It's MSWildlife.org. Uh, so, Brad, you told us a little bit about some of the events going on uh, during the extravaganza. Are there any uh, wildlife species on hand? Yeah, yeah. The museum will be there. Uh, yeah, they're going to have an indigo snake and a corn snake and a king snake and an <laughs> alligator, box turtles. That's right. And a velociraptor. <laughs> and a velociraptor, yeah. That's right. So you get a, you get a wide variety there at the, at the uh, museum booth. So the Museum of Natural Science will be there with their natural of course, you know, showing off the all the different animals, you know, which is a huge hit with the kids, obviously. Uh, Mr. Percy will be there uh, from the American Zookeepers Association. He'll be there with, he brings a, a wide variety of animals every year. You never know what he's going to pull out of the garage. Uh, everything from parrots to boa constrictors to tarantulas to just all kinds of crazy stuff. So, uh, so yeah, he'll be there. Uh, Percy's always a huge hit as well. Uh, the kids really love him. Uh, you know, just cool things to hang on to uh so you've got that uh, as far as live animals go Is outside terry coming this year Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, how can I forget that? <laughs> Our good friend Terry Vandevender will be there doing his uh, his snake show up there on the stage, uh, which is it usually turns into standing room only. You know, it, no matter how many times people see that, you know, they they love seeing Terry and those those big snakes. So, yeah, Terry will be there uh, showing doing his snake show as well. Uh, and, of course, like we talked about outside, you know, these aren't exactly wild animals, but the, uh, the fetch and fish tub, Jason Reynolds and his high-flying retrievers, the show that he puts 
puts on is just so great. You know, the kids all sit down there in front. They get splashed by the dogs diving into the tank. These dogs are just so entertaining. You know, they're really, really well trained, and he does a an entire routine with them that gets that gets the crowd involved, and especially the kids. Uh, they really, really love that. So, you know, definitely check out our website at mswildlife.org where you can see the schedule of events and how uh, how the weekend is going to line out. And uh, show up. Come see us. And I think it's Jason has done his thing at the State Fair before, I think. He has. Well. He yeah. has. He's at the State Fair every year as well. You know, yeah. Like I said, it's just a really, really popular attraction. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. That's that's a must-see for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you mentioned it's the 31st year. Do, do Is there any kind of um, institutional history about how the whole thing got started? You know, thankfully, I was not on the ground floor when this <laughs> thing started. I am, I am more than happy to admit that I come into a very well-oiled, smooth-running machine. Uh, I always tell people, you know, part of my job is exactly executive directors to take a lot of credit for things that I didn't do. So, uh, so yeah, it worked out well for me. But, yeah, you know, it was basically, as I've understood it, it was started by, you know, the, the organization, of course, has been around for 71 years now. And so, of course, it started as sort of a, you know, a smaller kind of coalition of, of outdoor interest and sportsmen who wanted to have a voice in, in how natural resources in Mississippi were managed. And so, as the ranks kind of grew, you know, as more and more people joined up with the organization and the, you know, it became a true statewide organization, they realized the need for more permanent staff. And so uh, they were like, well, you know, of course, to have staff, you have to have money. And uh, I'm not sure who I assume, Mike Goff or, or somebody, one of the kind of founding Sarah fathers. Mott. Yeah, Sarah, Sarah Mott. Mott. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I see their names on mm-hmm. things, you know, from, from the beginnings there. Uh, decided that, you know, this is what we're going to do. We're going to start an outdoor trade show that will serve as our fundraiser, you know. And uh, I doubt that <clears> – <throat> I can't imagine anyone could have, could have envisioned how big it would become and mm-hmm. just how the longevity of it because you see a lot of outdoor trade shows very similar to ours in other states that come and go. You know, it's a it's a kind of a, a fickle a fickle crowd. Uh, like I said, we've been very fortunate to you know have continuing success uh, year after year. The show gets seems to grow a little bit more every year. This year we have we've actually rented out the Equine Center next door to the trademark. We're going to have some great events there, a charity event for Mississippi's toughest kids. We've got a a 3D archery shooting tournament over there. We have the state and regional duck calling championships that'll go on to compete in the world championships and. Stuttgart, Arkansas. So we we continually seem to expand it, and uh, we've we've been very fortunate to keep it going as long as we have. So the duck calling that that sounds interesting. And is this? Do they use the? I mean, is it with their voice or do they use a, a instrument? No, no, they they use actual a duck call. You know, they're one of the small instruments. You know, these guys. These guys take it seriously. If you, I've I've seen them once before, and you know I, I grew up in the Mississippi Delta, so I've been a duck hunter all my life. But I, I realize pretty quick I don't know what I'm doing when I watch these guys. It's 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 a pretty humbling experience, even if you think you can call ducks uh, to watch these guys. These guys are are serious, and so we'll have, like I said, the it's the regional and then the state championship that'll be held there at the Equine Center on Saturday, and the winner of that represents Mississippi at the World Calling Championships in Stuttgart, Arkansas. So yeah, that's going to be that's a new feature that we've started this year. You know, I think we've already got some great turnout. If you want some more information, of course visit the website and you can uh you can call in, but uh you know, we we expect it to grow and grow each year. This is a place you can buy those duck calls after <laughs> that's you right, that's right. one you like. You that's can right. buy it. Yeah. yeah, there are plenty of them in the yeah. in the trademark. And you know, and of course, you know, we talk about all the events and everything surrounding it, but of course the the 
crux of the entire thing is the vendors that come. You know, mm-hmm. we have well over 200 vendors, you know, selling the, the latest and greatest and outdoor gear and apparel and gizmos and gadgets and all that kind of cool stuff, you know, that come from literally all over the country, you know, to come to this show. You know, and a lot of these, a lot of these are sort of what you'd call kind of mom and pop operations, somebody who invented something, you know, that they want to kind of get out there on the market because goodness knows, you know, we as sportsmen, we love the latest and greatest little gadget we can spend a little money on. And so that's what that's what people really come to see. You know, my wife calls it mistletoe for guys. You know, that's, a, that's kind of what it is. It's yeah. a, a great yeah, way if to... If you have a list for a, a shopping for a man, and what I like is that you can compare features and prices because mm-hmm. you, there's so many vendors you can walk around and that's see exactly right. who's got the best deal on that kind of shirt. Yeah, and you have to remember, too, you know, it's, a, it's an important negotiating tool is that these guys don't want to take that stuff back home. You know, they, they have to lug it all here and unpack yeah. it and hang it up, and the last thing on their mind is having to repack it and take it home. So keep that in mind when you negotiate. All right, especially so Sunday, especially when the bargains are to be had, that's, that's for sure. Right. That's right. I have my favorite kitchen knives, actually, I think came from extravagance. Yeah. So yeah. there, there are a few things there for women. Too. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> we, it is a very diverse show. I mean, it's not just, you know, hunting and fishing and things like that. I mean, there are jewelry vendors there. There are cooking vendors there that are selling all manner of soup mixes and fudge and beef jerry, all kinds of good stuff. It, it really oh, is. Yeah, a, I forgot a, the fudge. That's oh, yeah, right. yeah. No, that's a that's a staple part of the show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we need to take one final break this hour. When we get back, we'll continue our discussion. You're listening to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Got some open phone lines. If you have a pet question or something uh, needs more information about the Mississippi Wildlife Federation, give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. The phone number one eight seven seven. We'll be back to wrap up the show after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson, and Libby Hartfield, retired director of the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science. We're visiting today with Brad Young. He's the executive director of the Mississippi Wildlife Federation. We've been talking about the work that the Federation does, but specifically talking about their big uh, event coming up this weekend at the Trademark in Jackson. It's the Mississippi Wildlife Fed, uh, sorry, the Mississippi Wildlife Extravaganza. Their 31st year it runs Friday through Sunday. Uh, if you need some more information about some of the things that we've been talking about in connection with the extravaganza, you can check out their website. It's mswildlife.org. Also, I'd like to remind you, we've also been talking a little bit about the solar eclipse. Liz Gill, one of our co-workers here at MPB, went to one of the local libraries in the Jackson area and was actually able to get a free pair of uh, glasses so that she can watch the eclipse. Not sure if all libraries across the state are doing that, but that would be a good resource uh, to start if you're looking for a way to view the eclipse safely. Check your local libraries see if they might could help you. And I think if they don't have the glasses, they could probably help you out with some information on where to and how to safely view the eclipse. 
So, Brad, we've talked about uh, the Jason Reynolds and his uh, retriever dogs. Uh, we've talked about the duck calling contest. Uh, what is the the boots and bling? That sounds pretty interesting. That is a uh, that's going to be a charity fundraiser uh, held Saturday night for the Mississippi Toughest Kids Foundation. Uh, it's a it's an organization that is in the process of building a camp for kids with disabilities to promote outdoor activities for those kids. Which of course, it, it's a it's a separate nonprofit organization from us. But it was something they approached us about, you know, uh, kind of partnering with us in the show, and so we already had the equine center rented and of course we're all about getting kids into the outdoors and so we thought it would be a great idea and so uh yeah that'll be saturday night uh, there's going to be there's going to be live music and dancing and barbecue and maybe a few adult beverages all kinds of good stuff so yeah definitely check that out as well all That's right outside just outside of crystal springs i think they've already yeah, got the sure land That's i right. recently saw the plans for that it looks fantastic that's right that's yeah. right sure is uh, it's like a good cause what's the the big buck contest ah yes the big buck contest what what gets every deer hunter in mississippi fired up you know that is that's one of the the biggest and probably most underrated features of the show is that uh deer hunters from across the state uh bring in their their mounted their mounted trophies and have them scored by boone and crockett which is sort of the official scoring club of whitetail deer in mississippi have them officially scored and they're entered into what's called the magnolia records program which is a way which is a mississippi sort of uh catalog, if you will, of uh, Mississippi's greatest and best bucks uh, that have been harvested here in Mississippi. So the the deer are scored and then taken out into the show and and put on display for everybody to see. Uh, They've but, you know, everybody who comes to the show wants to go see those deer because, you know, we're we're into August now. Hunting season starts first of October, so to speak, for deer. It's a everybody gets fired up. You know, this is they see the, the see those big deer on the wall and they, they come from Mississippi and everybody thinks this is going to be my year. You know, this is <laughs> now's my chance. I'm going to that one of those will be mine next year. And so anyway, so all these deer are on display. Uh, they bring them, they have them scored and entered into entered into the book, and then they are also put in for a drawing of some fantastic prizes, uh, things ranging from $500 Academy gift cards to guns and rifle scopes and hunting equipment, all kinds of good stuff. So, uh, yeah, that the Big Buck Contest is, is always a big hit every weekend, every show. So uh, when they're scored, what, are, what exactly are they looking for? They measure inches of antler growth. And so, so that's what the score is based on is the inches of antler growth, you know, that the buck puts on during that particular year that he was harvested. And so there are also other features as far as symmetry and, you know, just overall appearance. Uh, we don't award actual prizes based on size. You know, that's, that's not something we're really interested in. You get a, you can win a blue ribbon, you know, for best in show and things like that. So that's why the drawing itself is just for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, kids go into a separate drawing for, for their first buck in a youth division. So they get a great drawing as well uh so you know we just want we want to encourage people to bring one down and, and have it scored and have a chance at some great prizes and some uh some bragging rights at the deer camp for the next year that's for sure. exactly right that's a that's a lot of what it's about <laughs> we got another caller on the line looks like it's a call for dr major martha's called from lane county this morning go ahead martha uh, uh not a major I take my cat to have it uh, groomed and uh to the vet where they put them to sleep and uh, to do that, and the uh, doctor checks them, I guess, after he's been put to sleep. Right. So uh, my question is, it's time for him to go again. How often is it safe to put a cat under like that? 
Good question. And I guess the question I would have to say would be depends on what uh, type of uh, sedation we use. Uh, basically, we when we have to do this, and a lot of cats uh, simply you can't comb them out, and they have to be actually sheared once or twice a year. I see uh-huh. no problem with that, with a mild sedation, enough to get the job done. Uh, certainly the cat should be checked by the veterinarian first. Uh, and if it's an older cat, uh, definitely have some blood work done before doing that just to be sure that everything's okay. But we, we do it at our clinic, and, uh, it, it, you know, it's something that uh, some of these cats are miserable because they can hardly move with mats restricting their uh, ability right. to walk, and they get pretty grumpy when they've got these mats that are pulling on them. So I would say yes. I, I would think probably most cats would never need to be done over twice a year. Okay. Well, I do. The vet does see him. It's yes. It's a clinic where you just tell them what you want them to do and, and any questions you have and anything, and then you don't actually see the vet. Right. Well, that's, that should be okay from the standpoint of, uh, but as long as they understand what you want. Right. And it's kind of like you going in for uh, the beauty parlor. You want to tell them exactly what you want done to the cat. <laughs> right. so So there will be no surprises uh, when the cat goes <laughs> home. Right. Sometimes these cats go hide for about a week uh, because they're embarrassed. But uh, Oh, well, he was fine. Okay. He was fine, and they did an excellent job. Okay. But I was just, my fear was, him not waking up. Well, they, it's usually a very, uh, what shall I say, marginal anesthetic or uh-huh. sedation, uh-huh. and uh, it should be should be okay. Okay, thank you so much. Yes, All right, Martha, thanks for the call. Yeah, could you imagine if they <clears throat> use that sort of thing in a beauty parlor? That would be interesting. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, always, always, always say what you want uh, before you go uh, have your cat or dog sheared. But uh, you know, my cat I had previously uh, had some problems with matted fur, and you're right, it's it's not real pleasant for them. And unfortunately, with my case, I was able to with a ferminator and some scissors kind of work through it. But if it gets if it gets any worse, then you probably want your vet to help you out there. And uh, as you mentioned, once or twice a year shouldn't be a problem. Right. Um, we're talking today with Brad Young, the direct the executive director of the Mississippi Wildlife Federation, primarily about their upcoming event, the Mississippi Wildlife Extravaganza, at the Trademark in Jackson this weekend. Uh, Brad, will you have a guest speaker this year? We do. We do. We have Jim Shockey who uh, is truly a legend in the world of outdoors television. Uh, you know, anyone who has hunted or fished in their lifetime has probably heard of Jim Shockey. Uh, his his family is, is famous for being one of the pioneers of sort of outdoor and hunting television. Uh, he's going to be coming. He'll, we, uh, he'll be in the Primos Outdoors booth. Uh, Primos, of course, being a Mississippi-based company uh, right out of uh, Madison County. Uh, they partner with him on a lot of things. So he'll be there on the stage telling stories about his hunting adventures from all over the world. He literally travels all over the world uh, hunting. Uh, and also, uh, he'll be in the Primos booth meeting people, shaking hands, taking pictures. Uh, I've had the chance to kind of converse back and forth with him a little bit prior to the show. Really down-to-earth guy. I really look forward to having him this year. All right. And again, we've hit on some of the highlights, but for a full schedule of the weekend, you can go to mswildlife.org. That's going to wrap us up for today. Creature Comforts is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio. Funding provided in part by Wildlife Mississippi, a statewide organization celebrating its 20th year of conserving Mississippi's land, waters, and wildlife. And from contribution from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman, and our call screener today was Patrick Price. So for Dr. Troy Major, Libby Hartfield, and our guest Brad Young, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. Up next at 10, it's MPD's Season Pass with Jay White. We'll be back next Thursday at 9 for another Creature Comforts. It's heard only on MPB Think Radio.